Sync Ratios, episode 06, Decisive Battle, New Tokyo 3. Script is by Akio Satsukawa and Hideaki Ano, think did the last episode. Mm-hmm. And then director is Hiroyuki Ishido. And this is picking up right where the last episode yep. left off. Uh, this is Sync Ratios, a podcast about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I'm one of your co-hosts, Luke Piotrowski. Hi, I'm Ben Collins. With me as always. Yeah, on my couch. And let's dig into this one, because uh, this is less mythology-heavy. I mean, this is an interesting like triptych of episodes. We've you know sort of sat down and recorded three of these in mm-hmm. a day and watched the rain after running away, and then the ray beyond her heart and Mm -hmm. then this one and you know it's interesting how much space is given to like an entire episode devoted to shinji's decision to like not want to do this anymore yeah then this like really dense mythology stuff about ava zero zero and like sort of you know prequel stuff flashback stuff and all that set up and then this is more pure i don't want to say action but all it's kind i mean it's kind of the the episode I mean, it was probably not since, like, what, episode, like, two or something like that, where, like, we actually just have... It's functioning like the show that it advertises. It's functioning like a show about kids who pilot these big things to fight these other big things. And Mm -hmm. that's all we're really doing this episode, Mm -hmm. is getting, you know, we're seeing the, the... you know, we start with the battle. Shinji's been, you know, Unit One's been damaged. Uh, Shinji's been hurt. And the, the laser hits it and it exposes... I don't think it's terribly clear before, but it looks like a core. It looks like yeah. a, like the angels have the the core in the center of the Evangelion. Yeah, and they immediately pull it back down on the little uh, platform thing, and you know now they realize they're going to have to uh, rethink the approach to this. Because <laughs> anytime you get close to it, it fires. They do all these little tests, or they roll out tanks. And then our favorite was the the decoy balloon. Oh my god, that's so funny! <laughs> like the a... idea that they built a life size decoy <laughs> balloon at some point of Unit One, just in case. Well, they're ready for the Thanksgiving Day parade. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh... But yeah, there's, they're figuring out that there's there's no way to get close to this thing. And meanwhile, uh, from the bottom of the giant diamond comes this. Uh, drill that is uh, positioned directly over Nerve headquarters in the Geofront and is drilling into the ground. Yeah, it's drilling now. It's got to get through all like twenty something layers of armor, and then it will pierce, and then it will get to the the Nerve headquarters. And this is the first indication we're really getting that is oh, is this what the angels are trying to do? Like, so yeah. far they keep showing up, and this one's actually trying to get at them. Yeah, the intelligence of them, like we said in the previous episode, the DNA thing was brought up that they're very close to human DNA. But their intelligence or their motives is not really. Uh, what are they trying to do? They just like, come, come out of the water and then they get attacked and then they start mm-hmm. fighting back. But this time, this time this it's one. going after them and yeah. it knows where they are. And then everyone kind of glosses past that at this point <laughs> in the thing because it's more just that okay, there's you've got a very convenient ticking clock of this drill that we cut to periodically and mm-hmm. the different um, diagrams showing what's going to happen when it gets into there. And Misato really has to take charge and just come up with you know the, the scrappy plan of like the last minute plan what the fuck are we gonna do you brought up this being the episode that you know is is that the show is promised and it definitely reminded me there's an ultraman episode i, th- I believe it's called the endless counter attack from the very first That's ultraman series from the from the 60s and it's it, that, that's an episode that is very... We talked about Wes Anderson on this show before. Like, the, there's, a, there's some of the later episodes of the first Ultraman series are, like, 
did Wes Anderson direct this? Like the, oh, the shots the, are the so fastidiousness of the so composed and the, and the colorful costumes. Like everybody's in these orange suits with ties and like little helmets and everything is just so perfect. And there's a lot of like humor too. To uh, like you know, Ultraman transforms at this beta capsule. He holds this thing up that turns him into Ultraman, and uh, they're eating dinner. And he's I think it's in this episode that he has to run out to transform, and he holds it up, and it's just a spoon. Like he's like, oh shit, and he's got to change it. You know, he's got to get the beta capsule out. But it, it, this, I think it's the endless counterattack where they're just, there's this monster that just won't move and they try lifting it up with hot air balloons and they try, you know, blowing it up and there's, there's nothing will get rid of it. So they have to, it's all, it's similar to this and that they have to kind of keep on, all right, well, we can't do this. We have to do that. What do we get? How do we get yeah. rid of this thing? How do we stop it? Because it's not attacking anything. It's just digging down into the ground, which gives us a very different sense of urgency that it isn't just fisticuffs. They actually have to you know, do all this other business that leads to a lot of fun. Well, this is, and this is but. that it's all the stuff that we've, we've talked about before uh, in the terms of like what makes this show. I mean, and it sounds like Ultraman obviously being a precedent to this, but that like that some of what's so fun about this is that it's this sort of scrappy startup quality of what nerve is and, and, and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, having all this shit in place, but also, being somewhat unprepared and that well, Masato is, is like, different. you know, yeah, yeah, they don't, they weren't, they, they can't prepare for everything. Masato's young. She's, this is like a new job. She's kind of having to think on her feet and, you know, rely on these kids. And it was, so it's fun to see them come up with this, you know, she comes up with this plan to use some experimental, like, a plasma cannon or whatever thing. Yeah, it's got to be a precise shot. And so they were going to need a ton of power in order to get, because it, the AT field there's a really great shot where they try firing something at, at, at the and the, the angels AT field comes up and you just see how it just ricochets off of mm-hmm. it. So they they have to so much power and a precision shot to get through it to get at the thing because they can't fight it like a normal Evangelion thing. So they gotta first of all get a lot of power and then also have a weapon that can channel that much power. Mm-hmm. So that's why they need to get this experimental prototype weapon thing mm-hmm. that she gets her special uh gets signed out the requisition form for it mm-hmm. and then they also have to well where are they going to get the power from yeah so they come with this this you know like cute clever plan to just basically shut down power in all of japan and reroute it to this weapon and that's going to give them enough of a thing but it's never been done before and then they got you know it's it's really complicated eight like percent chance of victory mm-hmm. or something oh well and that's worth mentioning so in that scene is the first time the concept of the is, do you say magi yeah they they say maggie but that you know in the it's show magi though but that's and it's and they're named after the three magi it's mm-hmm. just that that soft g is sort of hard in the japanese yeah. tongue so it's yeah magi uh, is is what they're going for here, which is another religious reference because mm-hmm. this is the three the three wise men, Casper, uh, Balthazar, and Melchior. Yeah, and what are the yeah? Those are the three different like components of the sort of computer that it's like a supercomputer. Yeah, that that they that 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 they use to sort of calculate all the probabilities and the stuff yeah and so so this is this is like a three person like thing because like you know if you can get all the computers there's each one you know casper and milky and balthazar that there's these three different 
computers that'll process things differently. So if you can get a consensus from them, it just helps with the decision making. And I think they get the sense that it kind of helps with government stuff as well. Yeah, they get into it a little bit more later. There's like a whole Ritzko episode that's kind of about it, I think. Mm -hmm. And and so, but this is the first time they mention it that they that they they calculated the probability of this crazy plan working and that they got affirmatives or possibles from two of them and not yeah, from the, one of the them. The magi are very important in terms of security for, for nerve and how everything runs. It all sort of comes back to this, this triptych of like super CPUs. Mm-hmm. So they've got a long shot. This is going to be a plan. And this is, you know, the first plan, the first mission, the first anything that has required two Avas. Yeah. Right? The first time we see two Avas in, in action. Yeah. Because Ray's, Ray's back up and running, you know, like she's, she, her and Shinji, you know, have something of a rapport at this it, point. This, yeah, she was able to successfully synchronize with Unit Zero. In zero, the previous episode, in yeah. previous episode. This is also the first time we get, uh, we talk about the technicians before being characters that we were fond of. And this is Mako- Makoto, mm-hmm. the guy with the glasses, mm-hmm. uh, stepping up. And this is his first episode where he's really hanging out with Misato a lot and being her sort of right-hand man. Um, and he's he's probably my favorite of the three little nerve technician guys. What are the other a- is Aoba? As well? Aoba is the guy with the long hair, and then Maya Ibuki is the, yeah is the woman. Mm-hmm. But this is Makoto H- uh, Hyuga's episode uh, to really shine, which is fun. Yeah, so I mean, so you're getting more of the the relationship between shinji and uh, Ray in this, where yeah. there's sort of there's there's some more. They got to work of, together. Yeah, of them needing to work together and them talking about kind of, you know, Shinji's uncertainty and not wanting to do it, but Rei is dedicated, you know, to to the task because this is what she's, you know, this is what she does. She doesn't question her. She, com- she comes to visit him in the hospital, but just to tell him what to do. Like here's the plan. She's mm-hmm. got her little notebook and lays out what they're gonna do, which is kind of funny. Um. But yeah, they talk, this is the first time that is sort of skipping ahead toward the end of the episode, but the first time they really talk about like, why do you, why do you do it? Why mm-hmm. do you pilot this thing? And Ray says, because it, you know, it sort of bonds her to my father. Shinji wants to know, and mm-hmm. not, not just that, but she says to everybody sort of like, so for her, it's a way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um which is interesting, and we get sort of the the setup earlier on of. But she still doesn't really give a shit about Shinji, though. Like, it's like when he sort of expresses his doubts, she's like, "Yeah, well, then just don't come and stuff like this." It's like she's <laughs> she's yeah. So it bonds her to people in this like abstract sense because we right, clearly yes, see that yes. she doesn't have a lot of close personal relationships. Like we've established in the previous episodes that like the only time we see her really emote in a positive way is around Gendo, and and it's not. I should clarify. I, I don't think at this point. And I don't remember if they hinted at it. It's not implied to be inappropriate. At no, this it, point. it doesn't. Yeah, that's a good it's point. A, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of. It doesn't you know, read as creepy or anything like that. No, it's the like jealousy a, is all just would you know is the only person that can make him smile. And the, and that it's and, that and that it's the sort of biblical or Shakespearean kind of two different children vying for the approval of their mutual yeah. father figure. In this case, Shinji's literal father. In this case, as far as we know, the, the father figure in a work sense or whatever like that so shinji wanting to understand her and sort of that that jealousy is is about that is about his connection to his father it's not implied at this point and i don't remember later exactly how it all plays out but like that it is an inappropriate relationship that gendo and ray have yeah that's a good point um Um, but they're talking in the locker room 
And at some point in this, she sort of says, oh, maybe it is at the end where she sort of says, I don't have anything else. Like, this is all I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says goodbye to him before they start the operation. <laughs> so, And that's important because it, it pays off later. Um, sort of looking at what else happens in this episode that's sort of worth commenting on. There's a lot of labeling of the different military hardware. Like, this is the first mm-hmm. time. And this is sort of... Like it's not in Ultraman a lot, but it's definitely a trope that they that doesn't carry over for most of the episodes. But the idea of like calling this what this tank is, like the text mm-hmm. will appear. Like yeah, there's a lot of is. that stuff in this. Yeah, it's it's sort of got this much more militant quality to it, and and this is the one that's we talk about a lot, but is most like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, like the the structure. And the, the cuts and the labels of, you know, sort of telling you who all these people are and what all these things are mm-hmm. is Super Shin Godzilla. And even down to, we, we mentioned Shiro Sagisu last episode and the music that he does for this. And there's, it's this, this drum beat, this bum, like bum, Operation bum, Yoshima music. Bum, bum, bum. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Is, is in God, is in Shin Godzilla. But um, like literally the same piece of music? Well, it's the same drum beat. Yeah. You know? Like it does, it doesn't go into the, like all that stuff, but uh, yes. Man, Shin Godzilla. So is that available anywhere? Yeah, right, it's just on, for it's people. On Blu-ray, yeah. So, you, but there's not like streaming anywhere or anything like that. I don't know. I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. Because that, that, I mean, we, we it comes up constantly. It's just because it's Lana's last movie or most recent film. But it's so good, and I like just a little flourish here. The the I saw it. If I remember, I saw it on a flight to Japan. I think. Did, do you remember mm-hmm. when I told you about this? I think it was like. I don't know if it was the last time I went, but I was on the plane. And, like, if you fly, if you ever go to Japan, try to fly on a Japanese airline, obviously. I mean, you know, whatever. They're, like, carriers for other ones and stuff like that. So it's, but it's just fun. And it was, like, it was such a nice thing to be able to on demand watch this Godzilla movie that I'd been wanting to see. It was on Delta or something. Because the second time I watched it, I was able to see it on a plane. And it was like, okay, well, I'll make this worthwhile. And it's not, you know, not a good movie to. I mean, it's it's not it's fine to watch on a plane, but that's not how you want to see that movie. No, no, no. You should try to, to see watch it. The, yeah, you got to see it in the theater. Yeah, yeah I they, fucked that up and they... didn't do it. But I but I watched it on the plane and then watched it again and then watched it again and then the the Japanese guy sitting next to me was watching it and we couldn't <laughs> nice. talk to each other, but we were kind of both like pointing at the screen and like expressing our excitement for how fucking cool it was and stuff. And then like I think on the flight back, it was on my plane again. And so like I probably watched Shin Godzilla like eight times in like a week or something like that because of that and it's i don't know just yeah i mean that's more about the struggles of sort of working in the confines of bureaucracy to get anything done and, and this is more of a triumph of Misato yeah. sort of being able to use the system and get what she needs and mm-hmm. you know everybody fall in line we do get in that hospital scene i mentioned earlier a little bit of a uh, you know tit for tat so to speak of that shinji is naked in the bed of the hospital mm-hmm. and ray is standing there and you know sort of like oh you can't go out like that and he looks down and realizes that he's naked. So you get this well, very... Well, and, he, and he apologizes for being naked. He's like recovering from a like a life-threatening injury or whatever. And she comes to see him. And of course he's going to be naked under the sheets. Like he's in a hospital. And when she, But he's not even like... He's not like flash or anything. He's just the... No, the, he's just His chest is showing up. Yeah, his, and he apologizes for that. So he's, you know, apologized for like, you know, walking in on her in the other episode. Now he's apologized for... Well, he realizes it too. He's like, yeah. all I've done is apologize like these past... No, days. I was like going to say something about it. And before I could even say it, like when we were watching watching it uh he he's like all i do is apologize these past couple days and it's like yeah shinji i and that's growth that's you know just him being uh introspective 
you know, just sort of thinking about what he does more. I think he's sort of been just so so reactive and introspective in the sense that, you know, maybe he's not confident or doesn't like himself or whatever. But to sort of, okay, yeah, all I'm doing is apologizing. Mm-hmm. And maybe I shouldn't be is definitely a huge step for him. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is uh, an episode where, we, you know, again, he's he's doing a pretty good job once they actually get into the action. Like he's, he's competent, he's capable and we get a lot of, he's more heroic. I mean, because he, he can't really claim any of the heroics in the first episode because the, mm-hmm. the Evangelion goes berserk and he's, doesn't, yeah. he's knocked out basically. And it, and it wins the fight for him. And then the second one, he, he disobeys orders and, and does it and gets, gets in trouble. And he's like freaking out and crying afterwards. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the first time we sort of see him, and maybe it's because he's sort of working with Ray and it's like a team effort. It isn't just all on him having to do this. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that he's, again, he's, he's choosing to do a little bit more and, and they're working together. He's got somebody else to focus on. It isn't just all on his shoulders and, you know, but this is more of his purely heroic moment. When yeah. And in, in, in the, and it's worth mentioning in the mission because at this point, uh, his sync ratio, uh, mm-hmm. name of the podcast check there is, is, better than hers is uh so he is in the sort of point position of the mission which is to fire this absurdly large <laughs> cannon there's lots of i mean this is you could the the animators are just you know having a ball with all these detail shots of the the components of this thing all the different you know because they have to like shut the power off but like to reload one round they have to replace fuses and do all this stuff and so it's like yeah you can fire this thing it uses all the electricity in the entire country of japan which we see from like a satellite shot of like the country going dark we also we also see i want to call out shots of like these sort of wistful shots of pen pen on the on the precipice of battle standing outside like looking at the stars and the city as the lights go out like everybody's you know the whole city's you get the sense here too like the whole city's watching and and rooting for the evangelions yeah this is like the biggest scale sort of sense of the whole thing of like yeah that you know the the harry potterness of like shinji being something of a celebrity everybody sort of knows about this Uh, like the superman thing you know like okay we we know that in this city we have protectors mm -hmm. we're counting on them and they need us to believe in them and you know for shinji too the the idea of having people sort of believe in him and him maybe being able to believe in himself this time. It's just, it's a def- very different vibe from the previous mm-hmm. two battles. And, and, and to some degree, you know, like, like I was saying, like, like a, like a more traditional action show here and that it's, it's finally doing this. And so the big mission is he's going to fire this thing from a far enough distance. And then but Ray's the, Ray is has the, to protect him. Yeah. She has this like shield that's made from like a rocket body or something. It's the bottom of like a space shuttle that's uh-huh. been retrofitted, you know, so it's like for re-entry into yeah. orbit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why it's shaped like that. Yeah. So she can, but it's turned into a shield that she can hold and that will hopefully hold off the blast from, from Romiel, the, the angel. Yeah. And then, and you know, so she, you know, she, she says that, you know, she's going to protect him and, and, you know, this is like, a, this is the most sort of dialogue and interaction that, that Shinji's done with Ray and it's, it's, I find it all really sweet. I always enjoy, I enjoy these characters quite a bit. Oh, I mean, these are my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this is one of the weird things where, you know, I sort of threw Ritsuko into the bus last episode of like, oh, it's not my favorite character, but, but I do, I love everybody 
I love everybody on this show. Oh, it's, God, the shot—the shot of her standing saying goodbye to him, like the, 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 like the yeah, like the the moon is sort of in the background, but it's huge, and she's in front of it, and she says, you know, they're about to start the mission, and Very she says goodbye. Shot. It's great, yeah, just calling attention to that. Yeah, I feel su- like super iconic shot. Ramiel, by the way, the angel name for this one is his name means thunder of God. Hmm. So there's he's, some relevance there. Yeah, he's from the Book of Enoch, an apocryphal Book of Enoch. Aha, uh-huh. a fallen watcher and an archangel. Interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, her protecting him. Yeah. And that, yeah, it was the whole battle. But but yeah, my, my affection for the characters for sure. Um, and every combination of characters and even the character, you know, characters like Gendo, that are sort of hard to love just because of, he still becomes a figure that is interesting and engaging. And while you may not, you know, like him, he, he's, he's interesting and tragic Mm -hmm. in his own way. And yeah, it's just just love it and and what i love is that i can watch the show so many times and still notice new things and i want to call out that i think we both noticed it at yeah, the same yeah, time yeah. and laughed about it i'd never seen before like as they're getting ready to sort of commence the operation and like fu- like loading the pistol and firing up this thing is that you zoom in on misato and she licks her lips <laughs> yeah she's like excited like this is and it's what's cool to see like misato as a character being this person that kind of lives in a you know messy apartment and is kind of like you know, doesn't have her shit together to some degree, but like she loves her job and she loves, <laughs> you know, like she's the one who's not daunted by like the very minimal chance that they're, cause it's, yeah, there it is. Licks her lips. It's just, it's just cool. It's cool that she, she snaps into focus and it's, I, I talk about it a lot in terms of writing and in terms of uh, TV shows in particular, although it counts in movies too, is that audiences love seeing people who are good at their jobs is like one of the mm. things that that really is what drives a lot of TV shows and stuff. And while well, this this show, I mean, Shinji is a more compl- has a more complicated relationship to his quote unquote job here, which <laughs> yeah. is part of what the plot of the thing is. It is it's like with Masato, you're getting a a, a very it's fun. You know, she's she's the cool offbeat mm-hmm. professional woman who. When she needs, you know, there like that alert shot. That's big alerts. That's sorry, I cut myself off referencing something from the previous episode. But like, but yeah, it's like when you see her go into focus. That's it's fun to see how excited she gets, and yeah, these little details like her licking her lips is it's hilarious. But it is it's all part of the overall character and what's what's so fun about watching yeah. all this happen. Yeah, and in terms of the writing, I just I'm noticing more this time than maybe ever before how individual episodes work so well as individual episodes and that this is a really nice two-parter and that it's, you know, like lots of callbacks and mirroring to the, uh, the previous episode. Mm -hmm. So like normally these are very isolated things. If this is just about Shinji's desire to run away from this, Mm -hmm. from this and learning, no, I'm, I'm home here. I should stay. Um, and that the last episode was very much, this is just about Ray. This is all about, you've been seeing glimpses of her. Here she is. Here's what she's all about and how her presence affects other people and how their presence affects her. And then you get this two-parter that's, you know, the second half that's all about this mission as well. And it's, I don't know, it's 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 nice, well, especially in it, an era of like binge TV where there's not really a lot of thought put into an episode is a work of art in and of itself or, or a story with a narrative beginning, middle and end and a theme in and of mm-hmm. itself. It just becomes, how do we get them somebody to push play on the next episode? And you get these interminable second acts. You get a show that yeah. has a pilot and a finale and then a, just a slog in between to sort of yeah. get us from there. And there's no sort of sense of completion or fulfillment with each. But these, these two work in a really fantastic pair with a bookended 
sequence. Yeah. Like a literal bookend, and I, I won't say too much because I know that you're, Luke's a big fan of bookends. Uh, we know <laughs> love, this from my structure and our own backs. writing and from the the stuff that we both read and, and, and obviously watch. But in this, we, we have at the end of this episode a scene that mirrors in a bookendy way the opening of the previous episode where we saw the flashback and Gendo saves Ray from the entry plug that had to be ejected during the test thing. This time it's after uh she has successfully protected him like yeah, you know melted the unit unit zero like against the blast of the angel for long enough for shinji to fire the pulse cannon thing with all of the electricity of japan's coursing you, through you it that great moment where the two beams that romeo fires his beam and shinji fires his beam and they meet and they warm mm-hmm. like wrap around each other because that that's yeah they, they they fuck up the first shot and that's why ray has to sort of step in yeah while they recharge for the second shot but yeah, I just sorry. I well, to no, it's just that. great because they yeah, do. So they set that up earlier when when Masada is explaining the mission, and Shinji's like, "Well, what if I need to reload? And like, how, what happens if I?" And she's like, "Don't worry about it. Don't ask unnecessary questions." It's like, <laughs> well, of course, that's exactly what's going to happen. Is the first shot's going to miss, and they're going to have to do. It. And so that's what we see. So Ray protects him, but it is yeah, like almost shot for shot, him running over yes. there and him grabbing the the handle and twisting it as you can hear the, mm-hmm. the sizzle. Of course, I point. He's got gloves on, so yeah, it's, you know, it's not, not as heroic as his dad. You know, he'll never be. Good enough. I mean, right. let's be honest about that. Shinji's always going to be, you know, just... But then there's more hand stuff that we didn't really call out last time. Mm-hmm. You know, the shot of Gendo's burnt hands, mm-hmm. palms of his hands, and here's Shinji, you know, putting his hands through the same trauma. Yeah. A lot of, to, a lot even of though she imagery. doesn't, you know, I'm sure Ray could get out in both of those situations. I don't think... And you don't yeah. really need them to open the door for well, her. Well, in the first one, she was more hurt, and I don't know That's about true. like oxygen inside the thing. She doesn't really... She's not really hurt in this one as much, but, you know, Shinji still... You know, he cares about her at this point, and she, the last thing, because she had said That's goodbye, and because she had said she yeah. doesn't really have anything outside of this, her, you know commitment to this task of piloting these things and and he you know is worried that that's going to be a real goodbye you know he's he's concerned and he saves her and we get the look you know with this really emotional it's really emotional for me and you know where he tells her like you know don't say goodbye at the end of missions it's too sad and you know right don't don't operate on the assumption that yeah. you know like this is this and, is it every time you sort of want to be looking for you know we'll see you again mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so and, the, um, and, the, and expressing that he cares about her, you know. And, and that, him realizing it himself, I think he doesn't sort of realize until that moment that this is another person who, the only other person that can really understand what he's going through. Yeah. And so, you know, he's sort of been a, unable to articulate this connection as he's staring at her picture in the previous episode or staring at her as she's isolated just like he is in gym class. Mm-hmm. And everybody's sort of pushing this romantic thing on him, but it's really just, you know, this is another person who could finally, I can relate to. Yeah, it's camaraderie that he, and, and it's, yeah, you're, I think you're right. It's like almost like maybe he didn't know. Like there is this, I mean. Yeah, it seems like he's rushing over there and it's sort of like, oh my God, I, I finally understand. You know, like this yeah. is the person that, you know, is important to me and throwing it, throwing the thing open and, you know, tears, tears in his eyes. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's a really good I mean, probably, you know, corrupted now by the, you know, the whole thing hinges on, you know, her saying, well, I don't know what to do in situations like this. And he does say, you know, you could try smiling. I mean, that'll <laughs> be a funny, I'm sure that there'll be more memes and stuff about that. Maybe like there's like the whole idea of it, of, you know, telling somebody, you know, telling a woman that a yeah. man telling a woman that she should smile has become fraught. with Yeah. You know, unfortunately, because of men. 
and their behaviors. But this is totally, you know, devoid of that context, you know, culturally and in, in time and in context of the scene. Because it's all referencing back to the, him seeing her smile at Gendo. Yeah. Yeah. That she smiled at Gendo and that, but she typically doesn't smile and doesn't show any emotion. And, you know, she kind of just flat out says, I don't know what to do here. And it's like, well, express it, like express Mm -hmm. your emotion. And she does. And she, you know, is, is, it's genuine, you know, yeah. and it is this moment of connection between them. So it is nothing but a sweet moment, but yeah, that sort of unfortunately has weird connotations to this. No, yeah, I, I think Just people, will, I hope people can, can handle it, but it is funny and ironic in that sense. But, you know, so for this being like kind of, you know, a big, I mean, this is what, what did we say? This is episode six. six. So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, coming, you know, getting all the way to the point where Shinji and Ray have connected on some level that is is meaningful and he's you know found uh in her uh you know a friend uh, a, a comrade a co-worker a connection that is is meaningful on a level that he you know i don't want to say that it's like more meaningful than like his relationship with masato or with with toji and kinsuke but like it's it's different it's and different. it's a different thing and it's something he needed and you know we'll see how how it plays out, mm-hmm. you know, from here on, and I'm noticing what's going to complicate in... that relationship. <laughs> uh, but Shin, there's Shinji Higuchi's name in the credits right in front yeah. of us that uh, we talked about last. The guy that uh, he did storyboards, I guess, in this episode, um, or at least he's credited, and uh, that's where Shinji's name came from. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Um, so yeah, is there anything else to talk about with this episode? Mm. Next one's going to be interesting. Next time is going to be episode 07, which is That Which is Man-Made. Okay. Eng- English title, A Human Work. This is one of the rare instances where I think A Human Work is, I think that's a better title. I yeah. I like the sound of that title better than the Japanese translation. But this will be a fun a fun one with a lot of Misato and uh, uh, another a great example of movement, uh, the way that this. Okay. I don't remember, but I, I'm looking forward to it now. I'm going to be very tickled by it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, this is this is slightly shorter, but we can go ahead and we can call it. I think, I mean, because it's it's the, this one was really just about is mostly about action, and I think there's there's you know we kind of covered all the subtext, but yeah. All right, well, I'm cool to cool. Uh, to call it, and uh, we'll see you guys, or you'll hear us yeah. next time. All right, thanks, guys.